started so i get we can wrap this up get you guys to bed early uh i don't know if you guys got plans but we'll go ahead and do this uh, I'm, yeah i'm sitting work. in my office right now <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll work yeah all right, i'll be yeah, sitting everybody. right here all day tomorrow yeah all right everybody welcome back to the woods cast uh i am justin from chicago land and with me not today is my brother shay he had to work late but we've got uh, a couple other guys that have been on the podcast before to help me out talk about the news John, what's going on in uh, in uh, the old Mountain State? Well, I'm, you're I'm in the bluegrass. Shit, I'm in the bluegrass. But um, how are you doing? Uh, all right, hanging in there. There's there's a date for me to send my kids back to daycare, so um, we might be there. Might be a light at the end of the tunnel. There you go. There you go. Something to look <laughs> forward to. And our friend who's on the podcast last time, who is in the Mountain State, what's going on, Adam? Yeah, just uh. Everybody else here is just wishes they were still in the Mountain State, living under the golden age of Big Jim Justice's leadership. Yeah, I'm I'm really jealous. Must say that is something else. I will tell you. We we have that uh, dictator uh, Andy Bashir that's just taking away all our freedoms. You guys are having a real uh, a real Wolverines moment there. Yeah. Yep. There is so many good uh funny memes about andy bashir taking over right and i have people already since they knew i lived in kentucky for a while sending me questionnaires about like how when do i think he'll run for president i was like fuck i don't know yeah he's <laughs> he has just now been about what six months <laughs> yeah he's been governor so. for about six months and he's like I, I, is he old enough i think he's 40 yeah i think that sounds about right yeah i mean he's he's definitely over 35 yeah yeah that's that's the thing so all right, well, we'll burn that bridge when we come to it. Because, I mean, after, you know, clearly we're going to have a, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. What, I was going to say, I was going to make a joke about how clear we're going to have, you know, eight years of Biden. But I don't even think that's even a funny joke. I, it's just, I don't know where the fuck to go with that. Because so much shit's fucked up right now. We'll never know. But um, I guess Andy Bashir will have a crack at it whenever he wants to. Um, if I could just find my, okay, here we go. Um all right, well, the numbers for the week. Let's go ahead and get the numbers. We are recording this. When are we recording this, guys? This is Monday, June 1st. Uh, it is indeed. Yep, it's in the... You'd be, you'd be surprised, Adam, how many times I fucked that up. But, um... Who's uh, counting, really? Yeah, really, yeah. We um, did make it to another month. We made give, it to another give, month. Give us all credit. <laughs> the world is somewhat still on fire and or infected. Um, I started this podcast dead-ass over. I don't know about you guys. Um... I hadn't had anything to drink. Drinking now, but uh, I'm working on it. Yep. Adam's eating soup, so I don't know if he's hammered yet. Excuse you, I'm done with my soup. I've moved on to the sushi course now. Oh, alrighty. Well, uh, be careful with the sake if you ordered any sake, because I got uh, Alex Jones DUI. Brings it up every now and then. So, 
We're going to try to get drunk while we do the podcast. This is the 1,228th day of the Trump administration. Uh, North Korea has had its nukes taken away for 720 days, which is as long as I've had that sweet-ass coin. Uh, the Trump imp- impeachment was 166 days ago. He was acquitted 116 days ago. We got 155 days till the uh, November election, and we have been under a global pandemic for 82 days. Current numbers for COVID-19 are 1.8 million cases in the U.S., 106,000 deaths, and almost 100, 107,000 deaths, which translates to over 35 9-11s, 26,731 Benghazis, or about 106 years, I'm sorry, 106,000 years of congressional hearings if uh, Donald Trump was a Democrat. So, uh, a lot of people... Excuse me a minute while I go uh, slip my wrists. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's uh, I, I get I get a lot of people get mad at me when I when I equate it like that because they don't get the joke about the uh, you know the um, Republican rage hypocrisy. They, they a lot of people get mad at me. They're like, well, you shouldn't compare a, a virus to a terrorist attack. I'm like, well, shut up. No, the the, uh, the the real reversal in terms is that if Donald Trump was a Democrat, um, he'd be off running a fringe TV show right now because he would have gotten about three percent in the primary. <laughs> well, yeah. that's probably true. That actually, uh, that tracks. That actually does track. I mean, it, it's it's kind of in bad taste, but you know they didn't uh, they didn't elect Trump because he was uh, very appropriate in a lot of things he said. So, whatever. He was elected to lead, not to read. Uh, something like that. Something like that. Um, all right. So polling is uh, kind of fun, even this far out. Uh, right now, Donald Trump is doing – he's doing really great in the Gallup poll, and he has for about a month. So he's 49, 48 there, so he's plus one in the Gallup poll. And we, we check back on that one because they do that one so regularly. But in all the other ones, in the 538 uh, approval poll, he's negative 10. And in the real clear politics one, this is kind of a surprise. He's, he's negative 10 in that one as well. And he usually does a lot better than that because that's, that's a more conservative-leaning uh, aggregate. Um they tend to not do the math if, if the math is bad for Donald Trump, which is funny uh, when I notice that. Like, they have the real clear politics average, and in a state where it's not good for him, they'll just leave it undone for weeks, which is kind of funny. It does look like uh, ABC and the Washington Post, which are A-plus, according to Nate Silver. It's an eight-point swing. Yeah. yeah. Currently. So, that, that's, that's, kinda, that's, that's been kind of where he's been for a while now. That's, that's not a big surprise. Um, the battleground states now that we have a presumptive nominee in, in um, Vice President Joe Biden, excuse me, is uh, Florida. So these are the five I check: Florida, Ohio, uh, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. And so in Florida, it's Biden by three and a half. Ohio, Biden by about four. Uh, Michigan is Biden by five point five. Pennsylvania is Biden by six and a half, and Wisconsin is uh, Biden by about three. So, I mean, I know we're still, you know, what I say, 155 days out from the election. We don't have a VP yet, but I guess those are better than bad numbers. And you have, like, states like Arizona that's actually going to be something in play that probably shouldn't be historically. I have heard uh arizona and north carolina are going to be the the big targets for the democratic party this year i don't know if that's true i mean i know they're they always try but they, they always say that this is the year we're going to make them purple or blue or you know well they turn. they certainly should be big targets at least in the case yeah. of arizona i mean yeah. we won a senate race in arizona like 
literally the last election. Yeah. And then... I mean, North, North then, Carolina has generally now been fairly democratic, at least on a four-year cycle. <laughs> I don't know what the hell Adam's doing, but it's hilarious. <laughs> this is live radio, folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, Sorry, yeah. I just... <laughs> No, just cleaning right. up my kitchen. That's all right. Um, <laughs> we, we caught Adam in the middle of it. He'd ordered DoorDash, and it came late. So he's, like, finishing up his dinner while we started, and then we're listening to him clean up. And it's it's no worse than any noise Shay's ever made. Like, if he doesn't do it now, it won't happen. It won't get yeah, done. Yeah, tomorrow. right. But anyway, you were saying, saying John. Uh, I was just saying, uh, you know, pretty much at least on a four-year cycle, North. I feel like North Carolina has become a blue state. Um, so... Well, blue know. might be a stretch. I mean, they they won the governor's race in 2016. Barack Obama won it in 2008. But, I mean, apart from that, the Democrats, well, and, and Kay Hagan uh, won the Senate race there in 2008. But apart from those, you know, string of victories, uh, the Democrats have had a rough go in North Carolina, uh, primarily because the Republicans took the state legislature in 2010 and then yeah. um, gerrymandered it to hell. Uh, and right. then passed a bunch of voter suppression measures. My my parents live in North Carolina now, so I'm I'm a little little keyed into to the local politics there. The North Carolina Republican Party are the worst Republicans in the country, even counting Wisconsin, and that's really saying quite a bit. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, if if the Democrats do manage to, and part of the reason the North Carolina is such a big target um, is that the state legislature now is in play, uh, which gives them, if they do take the state legislature. Uh, an opportunity to undo just an absolute shitstorm of voter suppression and gerrymandering in that state, um, and possibly put it really into the blue column. But but I, I think it's a bit of a stretch at this point to consider North Carolina leaning blue. It's a, I don't know. It's it's at best a toss-up state, and at worst uh, a leaning red swing state. Well, there's like just like you were saying, and I go through I go through those type of discussions all the time with people because people will tell me that you know voter ID law has nothing to do with voter suppression, and after I after the top of my head comes off, and I explain to them why it's nothing but voter suppression, and I use examples like North Carolina, but I you, like all that stuff you said is perfectly correct in that even if the Democrats win that state, they've got to spend the next year just literally prying that shit out of the you know out of the um, the legislature and re redoing all that stuff. And, and, you know, it's not, you know, you could take the legislature and they could still, you know, fuck you over because they've gerrymandered it shit. It's just so many hurdles, so many fucking well, hurdles. That's, that's the one thing that you, in some ways you have to give Republicans credit for is like, they go in there and they fuck shit up. So they're, they're going to stay in power. Oh yeah. They, I mean, fuck, fuck democracy and, you know, any type of, you know, um, democratic thought that that might, tear down but didn't georgia just cancel an election because they said you know it's too dangerous with covid19 so they canceled an election for a supreme court seat so they could just so uh, kim could just appoint somebody like if there's if that's just i read bullshit. they were going to... I, I know they tried to I, I don't know if they actually got away with it or not right I, I remember seeing the headline i don't know how that ended up playing out <clears throat> yeah he's a bastard anyway um yep all right, also, so, fun fun fact about Brian Kemp, he is the only governor in the country who has a lower COVID nineteen response approval rating than Donald Trump. That's something. It's almost impressive. Yeah, it's 
I mean, Georgia, I, I don't want to get into the nuts and bolts of that, but that's the that's the whole thing of, of like, we weren't testing that much. We have a low number of tests. Let's open everything back up. And then if you look at the uh, COVID positive test for, you know, the six weeks around that time, you see a spike before they opened up. And then, uh, I'm sorry, a spike before the lockdown. And then it kind of levels off during during the stay-at-home orders or shelter-in-place or what to what extent any of them had that. And I think if I remember correctly, Georgia, Georgia only had one for like three weeks. It had a very short period of time where it asked its citizens to stay at home. And then they open everything back up and you see, I mean, it's like clockwork, all these, you know, all these positive tests, you, you know. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a, a pathologist, but it's how fucking shit works. To their credit, I, I've read a lot that they've probably, a lot of their citizens have probably stayed inside more than other states that had probably stricter lockdowns just because so many people were scared shitless. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> That's one way to do it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The some of the people that I know from Georgia, which I can't name names because I've said things to my wife that I will no longer mention certain people. Um, but some of them right. don't believe that uh, coronavirus is a uh, public health issue, but so forth. Move well, along. They they believe the the alternative that it's a conspiracy driven by Bill Gates to microchip everybody, or what? I, I'm, they, they would probably side that direction. I'm, I'm staying. I steadfastly still believe it's a race-specific bioweapon created by Bill Gates, sold to the Chinese government by Obama in 2015. I think. Uh, I don't. Alex Jones is really kind of iffy on the details, but he's, if you he's, if you share that somewhere <laughs> on Facebook, it may make its rounds to the point that um, they share that. Yeah. Whatever. It's. I, I mean, I, I just recently heard. I was recently directly confronted by somebody who, like, I shared a meme that everybody's going around. It was a stupid meme that it was it, that said, um, uh, "Oh shit, let me get it right here." Oh, uh, if 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 the masks work, why do we have to stay six feet apart? And if the six feet apart works, why do we have to have the masks? And if both of those works, then the lockdowns were nothing but control. And I was like, if because great. they, huh? If brakes work, then why do we have seat belts? And if exactly. brakes and seat belts yeah. work, then why do we have airbags? Yeah. <laughs> I, it's just like, because they all work, you fucking potato. And, you know, we had to have lockdowns because stupid passes like you would, you know, if the, you weren't, if we didn't close down all the fuddruckers that you wanted to go to, you'd gone on, you'd have sucked and, sucked and fucked your way across whatever state you lived in and made this worse. You know? Uh, just, it's so ignorant, but whatever. Um, okay, so we're all de- still dealing with that country's still opening up um i want to mention this but i don't want to talk about it we talked about this before we started the podcast um there are riots across most of the united states and europe right now uh in response to the murder of george uh, floyd um i don't really want to get into the deets there because it's a fluid situation nothing we say right now is going to matter because as we speak there's more protests and rioting going on um don't really think that uh uh, black people need the hot takes from a bunch of white dudes from Appalachia and Maryland. Um, the only thing I will, I, I would like to bring, you know, it can't, we can't ignore the fact that it's happening, but Donald Trump has done absolutely nothing. He is not, he just sits in the white house and tweets about it. Um, they turned the white well, house lights he, off, which is, he, he basically has been telling governors today. They, they better start shooting some more protesters. Right. right. It's, uh, it's, it's or, or not else a good he's going to do it himself. <laughs> it's not a good situation out there. And Donald Trump is is definitely not blazing a path of leadership here in front of all of us. 
Donald wow. Trump is somehow managing to be like he, he's saying the things that like racist 1960s sheriffs say, but he's doing it with less balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's doing he's doing it from a bunker in a White House with the lights off. Just well, I mean, tweeting away. he probably is the biggest coward uh, in the United States. So, John, John, uh, point of fact, he once said that if there was a school shooting near him, he would run in even if he did not have a weapon. So, <laughs> there you go. You're wrong. Um, but no, he is. How's he, how's, how's he going to run into a How's he going to run into a school to prevent a school shooting with all those bone spurs that kept him out of Vietnam? He will do Good it point. carefully. And slowly, <laughs> I'm. I'm not sure he's ever ran a, a single time in his entire life. I mean, I'm sure. Well, he plays tennis. He did play tennis because remember, we got that great picture of him with his big white ass playing tennis. Let me let me throw up in my mouth yeah. for a moment here. Yeah, yeah, so but did, but have we seen any motion associated with that picture? Do we know that he was running? I have to assume. That he has at least. He was off to... balance and like mildly, I don't know, in Listen, a compromised on, guys, position. Guys, 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 we can throw a lot of criticisms at the president, and we are going to for the rest of this podcast. Don't, don't, don't worry. But I will at least go out on a limb and say that when he played tennis, he ran at least the length of the court once. I'll give you no. No, this is my birtherism. I am demanding uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I am demanding video proof that Donald Trump has ran at least once in his life. That wasn't he on like the football team and shit back in that uh that bullshit prep school? I'm sure he ran somewhere, yeah. So they so they say. Right, they, right, right. He probably paid somebody to put him in like a yearbook saying he was on the team. Yeah. Okay. Well, we will uh, try to find Adam some video proof that Donald Trump has has ran somewhere in his life. Uh, but from here on out, I mean, for you know the uh, as far as the Wood, Woods cast is concerned, everybody outside protesting, protest as safe as you can. Be safe. Get home safe. Um, the other thing we want to talk about, we talked about this a little bit earlier. You know, uh, um, you know, fraud and voter fraud and stuff. Uh, I want to talk about mail-in ballots and how we have somehow gotten to a whirlwind of what could be the simplest and one of the most, the safest ways to vote. And this this is going to feed directly into the Twitter woofuckery that we had earlier this week that I absolutely love. And um, um, Adam, I asked Adam and John to come on the podcast because uh, my brother, Shay, he, uh, he had to cancel late. And, you know, I already had the, the podcast ready to go, so they, they, they did me a solid and jumped in. But actually, it's probably probably good that we have you here, Adam, as an actual legal beagle to uh, discuss this uh, um, executive order that I should, I'll, I'll have to go get. I have it up, printed out. I want to read you some passages of it because it's absolutely – have you read it, Adam? I have not. This is uh, – I, I didn't learn of the existence of this executive order until about 20 minutes before I came on this podcast. It is insane. It is insane. And I'm not even talking about, like, the legal, actionable parts of it. It's just a bunch of whining about hit, um, how nobody's nice to him and China. It's hilarious. But uh, I, 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 uh, heard that, I heard that this somehow concerns the Insurrection Act of 1807, which uh, I did not have on my 2020 bingo card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so this all starts with Donald Trump, of course, uh, because of the COVID, COVID-19 pandemic, we ha- a lot of states have um, implemented new 
um, I don't want to say new, but have relaxed the requirements for mail-in voting. So right. um, you can go across the states. A lot of states have mail-in voting. Some some states like uh, Hawaii and Colorado, I believe, have like they do almost all of their votes by mail-in. Um, a lot of you know almost every state has mail-in voting. It, it, it's uh, it depends on what state you're in, whether it's uh, you have to you know apply for it or you can just do it. Uh, much like absentee ballots, um, some states yeah. you have to requ- you have to give an excuse. Uh, sometimes you have to say why, you know, like, oh, I'm going to have to work that day, something like that. So, like, this is a thing that we've been doing for years. I think I think uh, Colorado, as an example, has been doing it for at least seven or eight years with no problem. And they're kind of the benchmark now for when everybody talks about this stuff. Um, so when this was brought up, uh, Donald Trump, of course, just had an absolute uh, shit fit um, baby tantrum about how if you allow – more people to mail in their votes because of the COVID-19 pandemic, you are going to allow the Democrats to rig the election. Um, I would first like to say that um, as the party that does almost all the voter suppression, uh, Donald Trump is the head of the Republican Party. He should shut the fuck up about that because they already do it. I've been told for my entire, excuse me, been told for my entire life that conservative ideas are better than liberal ideas. Um, and my answer is always, if they're so goddamn good, then why don't you, why are you afraid to like, just try to win an election based on your ideas instead of, I don't know, make all the black people get a new ID, you know, shit like that. So Donald Trump is convinced that this is going to be a democratic source of voter fraud. They're going to rig the election, going to steal, steal the election. Um, the F, uh, FEC chair says there's, of course, there's absolutely no fucking grounds for that at all. Nothing's going on there. Uh, Donald Trump voted uh, mail-in last time from Florida. Um, uh, a lot of people who are deployed in the military, citizens abroad, they vote by mail. Like this is not a fucking thing. Yeah, I actually got my fir- I got my first ever uh, mailed-in ballot uh, sent on Saturday because we were allowed to pretty much everybody in Kentucky, at least for a primary, is now allowed to do absentee uh, mail-in voting. Um, no questions asked, and I signed up and got my ballot, so I'm kind of excited about it. There you go. And uh, I also voted absentee last week because West Virginia, uh, our West Virginia's Republican Secretary of State, has uh, waived the uh, uh, illness or absence or disability requirements to get an absentee ballot during the COVID-19 crisis. Um, so the the odds of this being a, a partisan uh, Democratic scheme seem pretty low at least in west virginia well and in other states it is also you know um republican governors and republican governor um i'm sorry republican secretaries of state have done just like what you and john have just said they're like listen it's dangerous for everybody to get together and go to the polls because like if you go to the polls this the statistic i heard this morning was if you go to your polling place you are probably going to interact with about 20 people but the poll workers will interact with between 700 and a thousand people on average for each poll worker. So like the, the increased contact is a problem when we are in the midst of a global pandemic that has already killed a hundred, uh, 106,000 Americans. So that, yeah, like you guys just said, it's not a big deal. Um, that's what a lot of, um, states and security, um, uh, secretary of, of state are doing. Um, uh, uh, the new white house press secretary, um, I'm going to have to say this slowly so I can get this right. Uh, Kaylee, uh, McAnany, McEnany. McEnany. Since, since I don't really watch TV anymore, I haven't really heard it pronounced. Yeah, yet. <laughs> Kaylee McEnany. It's M C E N A N Y. I want to say 
McEnany, but okay, McEnany. I know it's McEnany because, uh, like everybody else that Donald Trump hires in the communications department, she used to work at Fox News. She did used to work at Fox News. I uh, Right here in my notes, I have the most Fox News name ever in parentheses. Um, to her credit, she's already lasted longer than several of her predecessors. Well, and she's also given more press uh, conferences than her pre- last predecessor in t- ever did. Um, we we measure the uh, we measure the tenure of Trump White House uh, communications employees in units of uh, oh shit why am I blanking on his name Scaramucci's Scaramucci yes yeah uh, fourteen days is a Scaramucci yeah yeah you got to do it in, 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 in Scaramucci's do what at least a couple of them now yeah yeah, yeah. two she's Scaramucci's up to like, she's up to like three Scaramucci's at this yeah. point I think. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. So, so uh, she went on, and of course the press was like giving her shit about uh, Donald Trump voting by mail. Then, and she said that um, you know Americans need to show up to vote in person. Um, then they pointed out that uh, Mrs. McEnany has voted at least eleven times in the, since two thousand and ten by mail and vote or and or absentee. When questioned on it by um, the press corps, she says, "I'm entitled to that." Which is the most fucking Donald Trump, Trump administration response ever. Like, I'm entitled to that. I was like, oh, you sure are. Um, well, I mean, that, that's what we call the, the Trump doctrine of absentee voting. And that's that uh, white women who used to work at Fox News are allowed to vote absentee. Yeah, yeah. But he even he even said that. There's there's a clip that where um, I forget who the um, – I think she, she was the ABC correspondent for the White House – um, he was talking about how it, you know, of course, it'd be a big uh, brouhaha and be a big, big uh, uh, thing for fraud. And and she was like, "But you voted, you did mail-in voting." He was like, "I'm allowed to because I'm president." And it's just the biggest prick comment ever. I know he didn't like mean it like that, but that's how it came out, and that's you know that's how his base thought was. But, um, and this is the part where I wish Shay was here because mail-in voting in Colorado, is, like we said, has been going on for a while. Uh, Shay has lived there. I want to say it's since 2010. I could be making that up, but we'll Shay's lived that. there. Yeah, Shay. Yeah, we'll go with that. He's not here to tell me different. Um, but uh, so Shay's lived there for a while now. Uh, he's voted mail in several times. Um, in 2016, the there were uh, two. Oh shit! I just clicked. <laughs> I clicked the wrong thing. Sorry guys. Okay, in uh, 2016, um, there we had an election then, right? You guys, remember that election? Um, Unfortunately. Yeah. In Colorado, there were 2,780,247 votes cast in just the presidential election between Hillary Clinton, between Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, and that third-party asshole, what was his name? Um, Gary, Gary Johnson. Trump. Gary Johnson. Thank you. Um, so that's, that's – now, I know for a fact that my math is wrong here in, in a sense that those were not all of the votes that were cast in Colorado – for that election there were you know i would say statistically they pretty much were right okay so i, I mean within a margin of error we're pretty close but i'm, I'm gonna go ahead and admit that that can't be all the votes because you know there's people that went in and like didn't vote for president and voted for dog catchers and bullshit like that okay how many um instances of voter fraud do you think there were in 2016 in colorado guys see me want to guess are you asking for an actual number or percent? A number give me a number because uh, i know the number i'm gonna say 11 i'm gonna 11? say Three. Uh, you guys are both way off. Um, according to the Heritage Foundation, who is a very conservative right-wing think tank, they keep track of this, 
And if anybody's going to pick up on some bullshit uh, um, voter fraud, it's going to be them. They have one instance of voter fraud in the 2016 election. And, and I personally wouldn't even count this as voter fraud. I'm going to read it to you guys. So in 2016, um, I, I can't say this guy's name. Elsa Jig. Well, I can see how this happened. <laughs> yeah, Elsa Deed. Elsa Dig Seed Majority. Uh, he basically he did not commit a voter fraud. He created a ballot petition fraud. He uh, forged names to get on the ballot. So he did not himself vote more than once. But he uh, forged signatures to try to get himself on the ballot, and he was caught. And so he was not on the ballot. So that was the one instance of voter fraud. Yeah, I don't so, think that should even count. Right, like nobody voted twice there. So that's that's it. And this is the Heritage Foundation's own list of Colorado. So if we go back and look at that, if you do the math, that's one divided by 2.7 million. It's pretty much always a fraction of like a percent. Oh, yeah. Uh, That actually works out to uh, 0%. If you're going to count that as like he didn't vote twice, which I don't. So you either got 0% voter fraud or you've got 0.000036% voter fraud in 2016. So what, what may alarm proponents of uh, the watchdogs of voter fraud out there uh, is that in 2020 there was a voter fraud scandal in West Virginia. There was. And and like recent voter fraud scandals, uh, there it had two things uh, in common with the other recent voter fraud issues in that one, it was done by Republicans uh, and two, it was completely incompetent. Yes. So for, for, the, for, the, for background for anybody who doesn't isn't familiar with this incident, um, a mail carrier in Pendleton County, West Virginia, uh, is has been charged with altering mail-in ballot requests for five people. Five, um, total. See, right. And so in, in West Virginia, if you are a Democrat, you automatically get the Democratic primary ballot. If you're a Republican, you automatically get the Republican primary ballot. If you're an independent, you can choose either, but not both. So what he did... And this is why it was ineffective. Um, was five, I would assume, independents because they were specifying what ballot they wanted. Checked that they wanted the Democratic primary ballot, uh, and this mail carrier altered them to say that they wanted the Republican primary ballot. Um, to reiterate again that this is the primary, um, sending a Republican primary ballot instead of a Democratic primary ballot to five independents will not cause republicans to do better in elections but this is to my knowledge the greatest and most significant voter fraud scandal of 2020 so far yes so far so far and i was i saw this like i I was actually arguing with somebody on facebook because they said that like they were given in in the uh the the whole thing about um mail-in voting that i hear over and over again it's like well the more people you involve the more risk there is for fraud you know, the whole, like, the more hands that it goes through argument. You know, you don't have any example of an actual fraud. You're just saying that in your hypothetical situation, if I hand my sealed ballot to 50 people instead of 10 people, then it will somehow get changed. Or, you know, if, if, the, if I make a, 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 you know, a fireman's, you know, you know if, I, if it goes through, you know, a telephone where everybody holds it and then puts it in the mail, you know, there's something's going to happen to it. And um, this popped up right after I had that argument. I was like, holy shit, this is... The, well, the, the the algorithm is paying way too much attention to me. The thing about personal voter fraud that makes it such a stupid thing to, to obsess over is that it's such a high-risk, low-reward crime. 
Oh yeah, felonies upon felonies. Well, it's I mean, in-person voter fraud is a felony, and I, I think I don't take away my law license if it's actually a misdemeanor, but I think it's a felony. No, it's a felony. But in most states, it's a felony. But um, it's the like when you think about an average person going to the polls and what their incentives are, what are the chances that you are going to be the marginal vote that flips in a, that you are going to have the, like you've already voted once and you're coming back with your Groucho Marx glasses to vote again. Mm -hmm. What, what is the chance that you are going to be that one marginal vote that tips an election? Basically zero, basically zero. And, and you don't know, you have no way of knowing without a level of coordination, which is beyond anybody. He's, yeah. That other people are going to do the same thing. So you have a next to zero chance of swinging an election for voting twice or voting in a district you're not allowed to vote in or whatever. Uh, but you can go to prison for a substantial amount of time if you do it. This is an incredibly stupid crime. And the number of people who are going to be willing to commit it is not statistically significant in the scope of the types of margins that you see in American elections. No, not at all. And that's why whenever um, I somebody throws out voter fraud, like this is this is my hobby horse and has been for like a year and a half now. Everybody throws out voter fraud, and I say bullshit. There's no voter fraud. I mean, we even had um, um, oh god, what was that guy's name? It was Kemp. No, it wasn't Kemp. The Kansas Secretary of State. Oh, uh, that. Uh, no, no, that was, uh, he ran for governor and managed to lose to a Democrat in Kansas. Chris yeah. Kobach. Kobach, right. thank yeah. you. He ran Trump's voter fraud, uh, you know, coalition. Uh, and uh, he, it folded like a year and a half later with no evidence of voter fraud. And the thing is, is that, yes, there will be voter fraud. And it's going to be the exact kind that Adam has just described. It's going to be this one-off person voting twice or fucking up the registration, double voting, because they either made a mistake or they are that person who like at the the last three or four people that I, I've seen a documented case of double voting, like they're going to vote like in two different precincts or something, is they have just been wingnut fucking uh, Trump supporters. And it's only been like three of them, like three or four of them. They're just wingnuts. And they're like, well, he's got to I, I had to make sure he won to save the country. And yeah, they're just completely delusional because, like you said, they don't understand the risk reward calculation on doing that. They just feel very, very inspired by, you know, their, what I have to think is a mental illness and Donald Trump. And they think that they're just going to, they're going to pull out, you know, going to flip the election. It's, it's, it's really not people who, it's not some kind of a systematic thing at all. It's these anecdotal stories of so-and-so. And so, you know, this one guy over here, this one one over here voted twice. Yeah, that's that's why I call it statistically non-existent. Yeah. It's just, it's Cause you just could, there's going to be an antidote, but, or, uh, yeah. yeah. You just, you're not going to on the, like you said, point zero 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 one percent or whatever. Yeah, I mean the, the other thing I didn't say yet is there were um, there were twice as many people who were struck by lightning in Colorado and died that year than people who voted, um, who you know committed vote fraud. So that's what you that's the real killer here. It's it. This is really a pattern in in conservative argumentation because they do the same thing about food stamp fraud. Oh, yeah. um, because food stamp fraud is statistically non-existent. It's because food stamps are incredibly hard to abuse. It's not very much money. It, it, again, it's a high risk, low reward thing. And yeah. the number of people who are out here that are deter- that, 
that somehow manage to get food stamps and don't need that money to, you know, buy food to survive, um, that are also determined enough to have that, like, little bit of cash. I mean, maybe some, maybe a few people get away with it. Maybe a few people try and get away with it, but it's not a statistically significant portion of the people who are deserving and needing and benefiting from this program. But conservatives want to use that statistically insignificant anecdote to discredit an entire program because they don't agree with the goals of the program. Right, right. I always refer to that as the asshole tax. It doesn't really matter what type of organization you want to point a finger at. I guarantee you 10% of those people are assholes. And probably 1% of that 10% are really, really, really assholes. And... So, like, and when you're discussing things like food stamps, you know, WIC, you know, any of these um, assistance programs, I'm more than happy to write off, ten, you know, between 2 and 10% of the total budget to fraud or abuse if it makes, if, if that means that no kid in West Virginia goes hungry. You know, that's, that's the goal. The goal is not to run a program that has zero waste. Uh, the, yeah. goal is to, then you, the goal is to feed people. Then you run uh, preventative programs to prevent that fraud that costs way more than what mm-hmm. they're trying to save to begin with. And then it's just a shit show. Then we get into the whole fucking, um, you know, uh, P-testing for, you know, welfare assistance, which sends me right up the, the wall. Well, you know, the, the saying that uh, a, a Democrat is the difference between Democrats and Republicans is that a Democrat's willing to let a couple of people cheat to make sure nobody starves and a Republican's willing to let a couple of people starve to make sure nobody cheats. Yeah, that's a good that, that nails it. Yeah, that's Rude. exactly where, where it comes down to, because yeah, the, the whole the whole P testing people for for um, assistance is, is fucking so bullshit. Mainly because I love the fact that wherever it's introduced, the um, it's always introduced, but it's always introduced by Republicans, much like voter um, voter suppression, you know, voter ID laws and shit like that. And also, whenever the um, you know drug testing for uh, welfare assistance is put forward, the Democrats universally will put forth an amendment that says that okay, well, if you're going to test them, then anybody else who takes state funds has to get tested too, all the way up to the governor. Now that shit gets shut down real quick. You know, I, I don't know how opposed I am to drug testing for mortgage subsidies, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Right. I just yeah. I, really, really, I just want to see how many old people, old white people in Florida fail their drug tests. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that's an interesting hill to die on, but I'm also entertained by it. I would like, to, I want to go down that road too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was, I was always, I was always just super tickled to death to think if any, like, if there was a, I, how would this have to happen? A Republican, like, let's just say Florida. In Florida, a Republican uh, uh, state legislature would have to pass the have to pass the uh, the um, you know drug testing for assistance, and then they would all have to lose, and uh, they would have to be turned over to a Democratic uh, legislature, and then they would pass an amendment that says, "Okay, fine, we're going to leave this law in place, like not repeal it, but we're going to leave this law in place, but then tack on anybody else who takes government assistance, including us and the governor, has to get piss tested too." I guess that's how that would have to happen. They'd have to leave the shitty law in place and add on to it. But uh, yeah, I just want to see like what uh, you know fraction of our state and state uh, senators and congressmen or our federal state and congressmen uh, pee for something they don't have a prescription for. You know, piss. I'm, I'm sure several of them are going to piss piss hot for cocaine, 
But a lot more of them are probably going to piss hot for you know opiates that they're not, they don't have a prescription for. That's fun time. That'll be fun. Yeah. But we don't have the power to do that. Um, <laughs> the the next thing uh, that that feeds right into this voter suppression uh, with the mail-in voting thing that 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 uh, really made irked me is that on uh, May twenty sixth, uh, Donald Trump sent out two tweets, basically just blatant lies about voter uh, mail-in voting and how it's completely uh, it'll be used by the Democrats for voter fraud. Uh, Twitter, uh, for the first time, uh, I think in history, at least for the present, I, I could I could have this wrong, guys. I, I'm sure they probably fact-checked other people. But the first time uh, Twitter fact-checked the president, they put two links uh, at the bottom of these two tweets that said, get the facts about mail-in ballots. Effectively calling the president's two tweets complete horseshit. And Trump yeah. lost his goddamn mind. So, um, I don't think there's any use right now in playing Imagine If This Was Obama, but, like, I'm just going to point out that the possibility for uh, quite a quite a tirade on that is there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's 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 just easily treadable waters for, like, Imagine If This Was Obama. But uh, Donald Trump, Trump lost his goddamn mind, and so did all of his supporters, who um, instantly tweeted out, and went on Facebook to say that this was Twitter um, taking away Donald Trump's First Amendment rights, which is not a thing, because... Justin, do you need me to tell the good people why this is not a thing? Please tell the people why this is not a thing while I get my notes for the uh, executive order we're going to discuss here in a second. Okay, well, uh, the First Amendment provides that the government uh, cannot limit your speech in ways that the Supreme Court has determined are beyond reasonable time, place, and manager manner restrictions. Uh, and thank God that Twitter uh, is not the government, so you don't have any First Amendment rights against Twitter because they uh, are a private entity. Twitter can shut up anybody they want. Uh, as And as conservatives are so fond of pointing out, uh, the free market can pretty much do what it wants, absent certain kinds of law-breaking. So... Um, you have no First Amendment rights against Twitter, and neither does Donald Trump, and uh, thank God for that. Amen. Welcome back, Justin. <laughs> thank you. I heard, I heard parts of that, and you're exactly right. It's a private company. Fuck, fuck that shit. Um, so, yes, uh, it's not a thing. Um, there's a terms of service. You're not allowed, you know, can't do that shit. Capitalism is um, great till it's not. Exactly, exactly. Um, ask Alex Jones about that. You know, one, one of my favorite, like, you're familiar with the concept of a tag group on Facebook, right? Yeah, yeah. So one of my favorite tag groups out there is called uh, Conservatives Getting Mad at the Results of a Free Market. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this is, this is like the prime example. I think that checks out. Oh, yes. And see, um, the, the funny the funny side story here, is, and I don't know how close you guys pay attention to the really shitty parts of the alt-right, but the Alex Jones pools of the internet, they were, they, they didn't understand how this was going to go down because Alex Jones has really wanted Donald Trump to do something like this. And, and what Donald Trump did is, is um, he, of course, he tweeted out that he will just shut down Twitter um, in a tweet on Twitter. 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 He has, yeah, on Twitter. Twitter. He has zero power to do that, of course. This, um, this is why this podcast doesn't have that many 
listeners. <laughs> no, that's why we don't have any sponsors because I keep fucking up the word twi- Twitter and Twitter. Because it's inter- internet um, slow. Yeah, it's illiterate. Yeah. Um, so uh, he said he was going to shut down Twitter, and he also said he was going to issue an executive order. Now he said he was going to do that since like 2018. And Alex Jones is, like, super excited about this because what Alex Jones really wants Donald Trump to do is just somehow unilaterally, with the powers of the executive office, put him back on Facebook. Because Alex Jones needs to get back on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube to sell his, sell his shit. Um, because without those vehicles to funnel new people into the InfoWars, you know, little cave... Uh, there isn't a new influx of, of listeners, so people listen to him for a while. They go, well, this guy's full of shit, and they drop off. So there's not that influx of dollars that he needs to, right now, fight a bunch of lawsuits and maybe pay his wife a shit ton of, his ex-wife a shit ton of money. So Alex Jones was thinking, this is going to be it. This is going to be my time. And um, we'll discuss this a little bit later when we talk about the executive order. But he had on the guy, um, oh, God, some Andrew Torba, I believe his name is, who started Gab. Are you guys uh, familiar with what Gab is? Oh, uh, that's like alt-right like Twitter, not, isn't it? Yeah, it's like okay. Nazi Twitter. I think you've yeah. uh, you've discussed this previously on another podcast I've been on. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's – everybody who gets kicked off Twitter – Jumps onto this place called Gab, and their icon is is the Pepe the Frog. Or, um, you know, man. It's it's just alt right Twitter. It's really bad. And what Donald Trump did in his in executive order was that he basically was going to say that if platforms like uh, Twitter or Facebook and YouTube um, were not were going to be biased, like he said they were. Now there is no, of course, arbiter of bias on on you know Facebook, Twitter, and whatever. But he says that they're being biased, and therefore they should lose the protection of U.S. 47 Code uh, 230C. And that's the Good Samaritan Clause of the, oh God, the Information and Telecommunications Act or some shit like that. You guys have to go a little bit further back. Um, so basically he's saying that if, if you have any bias, then you lose the shelter that you have of, of being responsible for what's posted on your site. It basically, Donald Trump's executive order would declare that social media platforms are publishers uh, and therefore have uh, some responsibility for content, which seems counterproductive to his interests, but you know. Exactly. Now, uh, Andrew Torba was on Alex Jones' show and completely blindsided Alex. Alex was like, isn't this going to be great? You know, Donald Trump's going to get us back on Twitter, blah, blah, blah. And Torba was like, no, this is going to be horrible because all of the people that are on Torba's site are absolutely flaming Nazis. And if he's if he's ever held responsible for anything that's on fucking Gab, he's going to just get sued into oblivion. So he just blindsided Jones by understanding the underlying principles of what was really going to go on and just telling Alex Jones, fuck, no, I don't want this to happen. This is going to this is going to set me on fire. But so Donald Trump did uh, issue an executive order, and I've read it, and even the legalese isn't that smart um, because, first of all, I know Donald Trump did not write this. He did not see this. He's not read this because there are sentences in here that I know he will not understand. But there's a couple of passages I want to read because they are fucking hilarious. Um, 
So uh, it starts out, free sp uh, section one, policy. Free speech is the bedrock of the American democracy. Our founding fathers protected the sacred right with a first amendment to the Constitution. The freedom to express and debate ideas is the foundation for all of our rights as free people. Except that he wants to take those away from people he doesn't agree with. Um, so I don't really understand how we're getting from point A to point B here. Um, because if holding... Twitter and Facebook and, I don't know, LinkedIn, what are, whatever social media platforms the kids are using that I'm not up on now. It, it, I had a very traumatic moment a couple of years ago, and that's that I learned that a social media platform had been in existence for a while, and, like, I without me knowing about it, and that, that was when I understood that I was a real adult. But anyway. Um, Which one was it? I, I think it was, I think it was TikTok. Yeah, don't, don't worry, you don't need to know about TikTok. Yeah, that, that's like, I think that's the first one that, so so Instagram was the first social media platform that like happened without me participating in it, but TikTok was the first one that happened without me even knowing about it. Right, right. But <laughs> anyway, that was a digression. Um, I, I don't see the point A to point B between saying that social media platforms are now at least to some extent responsible for the content that is produced on their platform and how this gets from that point A to the point B of Donald Trump being able to say whatever he wants on Twitter without being fact-checked. Because it seems like it would do the opposite. That it would You're render... It seems like it would render Twitter potentially liable for what Donald Trump says on their platform and would lead to more content moderation. And I... A reporter did ask him, well... You do use Twitter as a platform to rant, and he's your basically your executive order would potentially shut down your ability to do that. And he said, "Well, I wouldn't have to use Twitter if the media didn't treat me so poorly." Right, and then he said something that didn't make sense at all. He said, "If I could delete my Twitter profile right now, I would. I don't like it, but but, but you can. You can, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you can." But he all. But he then said a very vague well, thing about without but, Twitter, I would still reach 186 million people. Do his, do, and I guess he's just talking about the bully pulpit of the presidency, where he can just be like, "Hey, uh, you know," he just throws the flag and says, to his, "Everybody's going to give me time tonight." To his defense, he 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 probably can't delete his account at this point because it's pretty much all public record. Well, very true. he could he could stop posting new things to it though. Also true. Also because true. so, he, if but, you, but if you he, want, he could. But <laughs> now, if you want a real experience, read side by side through the posts on the at real Donald Trump Twitter account and the at POTUS Twitter account. Yeah, yeah. Because well, you, you can tell the at POTUS Twitter posts are written by people who work for him, but he doesn't have any direct input into the content. Yes. That has long been the hair I split to be very rude uh, to Donald Trump, but still respect the office of the presidency because uh, Donald Trump, unlike Barack Obama, uh, Barack Obama used the official White House uh, Twitter to tweet out things and shit like that. And um, Donald Trump has never used the official White House Twitter. He's always used his Twitter so he could keep control of it or whatever. And so when I tweet something very vulgar and rude to the sitting president, I at least tell myself that uh, I don't respect the man, but I respect the office because I've never tweeted uh, foul words at the, uh, you know, the actual official 
POTUS uh, Twitter handle. Yeah, yeah, you don't you don't tweet uh, you don't tweet demeaning words at at, at the at POTUS Twitter account. That's yeah. <laughs> that's a line. Yeah. Yeah, that's a line. That's a line. Now, other people have pointed out that uh, Donald Trump does not respect the office of the president either, and neither should I, but I like to hold myself better than the sitting POTUS, I guess. I would argue he may have turned it into a giant cesspool, but... Yes, but... Um, so what Adam was saying is exactly right. Like, that's what a lot of people have said, and, and you know, like, like John said, the application of this executive order... Would, would fuck him harder than he's being fucked right now by just being, like, a little bit cuffed because, tw- I mean, by, oh, all, you're by ex- all sense... You're expecting him to, like, think probably out at least five seconds more than the current time frame. <laughs> well, all, all current um, uh, evaluations of the Twitter user agreement says that his Twitter account should be just terminated because of the multiple violations of threats of violence and things like that. Um, here, here, I just want to, uh, anyway, want to read right from the executive order. Um, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube wield immense, if not unprecedented, power to shape and in, uh, uh, shape the interpretation of public events, to censor, delete, or disappear information, and to curl what people see or do not see. Now, that's true. That is is a hundred percent true because the founding fathers did not anticipate Twitter and Facebook and Instagram when they wrote the Constitution. But what Bullshit. he is alluding. Yeah. Okay, cool, yeah. uh, what he's alluding to is what he like is what a lot of people on the much farther left of the political spectrum have said uh, for for many years now is that um, places like Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube hold too much unregulated power in the information sphere uh, to affect things like a, an, an election. And what Donald Trump is, you know, I have my note right here is just regulate them. And that, that's what a lot of people on the left want to do is like you can't let you can't let places like Facebook and Twitter have that much power um, and just like what people on the left want to do is regulate them like utilities. Now, does that mean you would get yanked off if you said something they don't like? Uh, I don't think so. Like in, in the case of YouTube, um, my, my example is, uh, oh, God, Crowder. What the fuck is his first name? Oh, shit. The Mug Club guy. God damn it. Why am I blanking here? I don't know what you're talking about. Trey Crowder? No, it's not Trey Crowder. That's the comedian. Right, you... you uh... Steven Crowder. Steven Crowder. Okay. okay. Yeah, Steven Crowder, the, the, the alt-right um, the alt-right dickbag who thinks he's a uh, comedian. Um, he is severely homophobic on his YouTube page, and it go, and his target audience is kids that are like 12 to 15, so he gets these you know pubescent guys and like a bunch of bro code shit, and, and he's just very homophobic. Now, would I would 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 regulations like that kick him off YouTube? No, because of the First Amendment. But it would demonetize those videos, and that's the kind of shit that Donald Trump and these these right wing assets don't understand. It's like if you if you go this route, you're going to go into some regulations that the left has been trying to do for a while to these these platforms that Wait, have a big effect. Stephen Crowder hasn't been demonetized yet. No. Not see, not fully. Some of his videos where he's gone, like there, there's like a 20 minute rant he did about. Um, it was a uh, correspondent from Vox, and the correspondent's gay, and mm-hmm. it's just an attack about him being gay. Like he calls him, well, yeah, you know, calls him the f word like 16 times in a row, and you know says he's like a little twink and, and and a sprite and all this stuff. And it's just it's just ad hominem attack after all, ad hominem attack. And like his vid, those videos got demonetized. And uh, Crowder made a stink about it, and everybody's like, "Oh, see, they're censoring him." It's like, no, they just took away his cash 
his cash flow because he was being a dick. Well, shit. I mean, it sounds like uh, that's a project for somebody to try and get Steven Crowder fully demonetized. Hint, yeah, if, if anybody who has, uh, you know, anybody's listening who has some kind of a project in mind, try and get Steven Crowder demonetized because he's a shithead and he's a homophobic yes. shithead and he shouldn't just not get paid for being homophobic. He should not get paid in general. Right. Well, actually, Sam Cedar and their crew, they, they point this out a lot and they do deep dives on, on him and what he says and why it's um, why it's important to demonetize his message to adolescent men. And um, uh, Sam Cedar's point, I think, is a very clear and a very earnest one. And he says, listen, I, I don't have like there's a really long, funny story where Steve uh, Stephen Crowder said he would debate Sam Cedar and then he backed out of it. And then he said, uh, like, he had somebody call Sam Cedar and act like, like, just lie about who they were. And there's this, like, they, they misrepresented themselves when they were talking to Sam Cedar. And eventually, when he dropped out of doing, I believe it was uh, Politicon and debating Sam Cedar, uh, the person organizing it said, well, his dad said he couldn't do it. Now, granted, Stephen Crowder was 32 at the time. And apparently his dad's like his manager is like, no, you're gonna get, you're gonna get your shit wrecked if you go in there and try to debate. <laughs> you're gonna get, if you go to try to debate Sam Cedar on these policies that you barely understand, um, you know, because uh, Stephen Crowder has made a career over. Um, he's that guy. Uh, for those of you listening who don't know who, who Stephen Crowder is, he's that meme you've seen of a guy sitting on like a college uh, campus, like in a food court, with a table and he's got a sign in front of him and it says something dumb and then it says changing my mind. Like, uh, um, white privilege isn't a thing. Change my mind. Or, uh, uh, misogyny isn't a thing. Change my mind. And, and what he wants to do is he wants to debate, um, inexperienced college students that are going from their econ class to their English class and have no prep and have no, you know, aren't ready for this debate where he has a binder full of quote unquote facts that are, you know, maybe misleading, you know, uh, references and things. And he, and of course he edits the videos and only puts up on his page where he, you know, owns the libs, you know, and fucking destroys him like Ben Shapiro always does. So that's what he does. And Sam Cedar's point is very clear. Like, listen, I will never have as many, uh, likely will not have as many YouTube followers as he does. I likely will not have, make as much money as this guy's making right now. But what I want people to know is he's full of shit and he does not know or does not argue these points coming from an honest standpoint. And the fact that he gets so many views on YouTube and the fact that his demographic is what it is, you know, young men, is a problem. And Sam Cedar just wants everybody out there to know, like, he's full of shit. You shouldn't listen to him. He's homophobic. You know, just like, you know, like the, I guess to undergird. Uh, his influence on the next generation of, of conservatives. Like, so they don't grow up thinking that Steven Crowder was some type of, you know, Rush Limbaugh or something. I don't know. God, that, that sentence hurt my head. I just said it. Oh God. Steven Crowder being the next Rush Limbaugh. Ooh. Well, I mean, he might be a certain breed of Rush Limbaugh in that he is a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, Rush well, Limbaugh is going to die. A poor man's Rush Limbaugh, if you will. Yes. <laughs> Somebody's yes. got to take his place. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Steven Crowder has done like it's all YouTube stunts, and like one of the things he did that that made me like just just physically nauseated was he would go to um, so of course, like you were saying, Adam, um, the small percentage of a problem the right will focus on. 
So uh, focusing on um, illegal immigration, Stephen Crowder went to um, you know the Lowe's or Menards or whatever the the story is, and you you know you have the it's a stereotype that there are just illegal workers hanging around to get day labor, right? That's actually a thing. It happens. It doesn't happen to the scale that the people think it is. How dare Stephen them Crowder want to work? Huh? Said so how dare them want to work? Yeah, right. You know the fact that they're here. Um, under what, if I'm not mistaken, Adam, is a misdemeanor uh, being here illegally. It's a misdemeanor. Well, being here is not a misdemeanor. Crossing the border is a misdemeanor. Being here without authorization is a civil offense. There you go. So, yeah, so so the highest criminals we can ever find, right? And uh, Stephen Crowder does shit like goes to these um, home improvement stores and then, you know, so the, the, you know, the cliche is like, you pull up, you say, I need five guys, 20 bucks an hour, whatever. And then Steven Crowder shows up, stands right beside him and out, uh, and low bids them all. Like I'll do it for 10. Like he stands here and low bids them and get in the back and gets in the back of some dude's truck. And it's like, ha, oh, fuck you. Or he will be the guy in the truck, get them to get in and then drive away with like a, a, a pickup truck full of, um, uh, immigrants, and then like ask them for their papers and scream at them. And at one point, he brought out a chainsaw. So, really highbrow, yeah, really highbrow, great stuff. You know what I'd really love to see in that situation is him low bid a bunch of immigrants on a on a like project, and then have the guy who was doing the hiring take him to the project. And then he can't do the work, and then just beat the shit out of him. Yeah, because like. Do you think or, that you can, not, like, there's no way, there's no beat way. beat the shit that, out of him, just emasculate him. Yeah, yeah, or or make mean, him. I didn't mean actually he should physically assault him. It, that's, let's clear that up. <laughs> All right, that, that was my point. I was saying he should be physically assaulted with a, with a shovel. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, like, be upset about it. Yeah. But it would be funny to, 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 to back, back off of my, um, completely illegal idea and 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 go back to adam's not illegal idea but have him make him go and actually do the work for that shitty ass pay that he said he would do it like sit there and make him uh you know grout a bathroom for 18 hours at you know four bucks an hour whatever whatever the fuck he agreed to but right. Right, and then be like man you do a sorry ass job <laughs> yeah yeah man, you suck at this yeah but anyway this executive order uh goes on and on it mentions china it mentions, um, it mentions the Russia hoax. It actually says the Russia hoax in here. Uh, well, if it, if it says hoax, it it is a hoax. <laughs> That's how that yeah, works. It, oh yeah, here you know, go. you know, I am done paying this mortgage hoax, so I don't think I have to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, so you're... This is, yeah. So this is the, this is. This is the direct quote. This is a direct quote out, out of this executive order. And, and and everywhere in here where it says that, like, it'll say selective censorship. It's like uh, you know, online plat- platforms are engaging in selective censorship. I circle that and just wrote, you lied. Like, it was not censorship. They just said you lied because you lied. Um, but this this one paragraph is where it talks about it. So uh, Twitter now so selectively decides to place a warning label on a cert- on, on certain tweets in a matter that is clearly reflects political bias. 
Uh, as has been reported, twi- uh, Twitter seems to never have placed such a label on another politi- uh, politician's tweet. As recently as last week, Representative Adam Schiff was continuing to mislead his followers by peddling the long-disproved Russia collusion hoax, and Twitter did not flag those tweets. Unsurprisingly, uh, its officer in charge, so-called uh, site integrity, has flaunted his political bias in his own tweets. That is the executive order of the sitting president of the United States. That is insane. So, I know we discussed this uh, the last time I was on here, but can you imagine, like, how f- much farther off the rails he's going to go if he gets reelected and c- oh, can't yeah. and, and no longer has to contend with the possibility that he might go too far and people might not want to vote for him again? There is a lot of discussion right now that he um, right now a lot of discussion is is that his uh, advisors have been pressuring to pressure I'm sorry pressuring him to make a uh, presidential address to uh, to address the the murder of George Floyd uh, the subsequent um, protests riots um, you know civil unrest and he has refused to do it because he didn't want to. And they also did not have any other policies to put in front of him to, like, fix this situation right now. So he just didn't want to do it. Like, that kind of, like, approach to uh, – but but the reason that he's so hesitant to do anything is that in the last couple of weeks, uh, the last report I said, it's like he's losing um, independence and people over 65 because of the COVID-19 response. So it's like it's like this perfect storm of – his polling numbers are going down with with independents and and people over sixty five, which were um, people over sixty five were a, a, a good voting block for him in two thousand sixteen. So he's seeing his his reelection chances eroding while people are, uh, you know, throwing fucking uh, beer bottles at the, at the White House. I will say if he is, so he just goes to the bunker. If he is reelected, he's going to be in like full dictator mode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, he he respects that shit. Like he's already trying to be that type of leader, the authoritarian. Um, so he's really he's really not gonna give a shit if he orders people to kill innocent citizens. He's nothing. I mean, it's just not gonna phase him at that point. Well, okay. You guys might know more about this than I did, and this has happened. Like we like right now. This is. Uh... 10.30 uh, Eastern Standard Time, 9.30 uh, Central Time. We'll wrap this up here in a couple minutes so you guys can get to bed. You guys got to go to work. But, um, uh, I'm not going anywhere. Were... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Again. Um, but uh, Donald Trump uh, went out and did a press conference at, wow, I believe it was like 10 till, 10 till 7 today and said that, first of all, the rioting is over. He stopped it. He just called it off. And that he would deploy the military to stop the rioting, and then went and did a photo op at a church. Like he used the Secret Service and and some military personnel to get him to the church. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Adam, the uh, Insurrection Act doesn't it say that like there is a process? Like you can states can deploy so, national guard, but so you have the, to have Congress's approval to uh, the deploy the army. So uh, the suppressor. The f- Resurrection. The Whatever. federal government, under the Insurrection Act, can deploy U.S. troops under certain circumstances, and I'm not. Um, so I, I thought this is what you were talking about earlier. 
uh, when I mentioned the Insurrection Act earlier. Um, I'm not super familiar with Insurrection Act. Um, It, unsurprisingly, does not come up a lot in uh, civil litigation practice. Exactly. Um, There there, there are... Or even American history, by the way. There was that one time. There are certain circumstances under which the federal government can deploy the army to uh, quell civil unrest. Um, Generally, a state government has to consent for the federal government to deploy federal troops in, in their jurisdiction. There are a much narrower set of circumstances under which the state government does not need to consent. Um, as I understand I, I... it, the president is either trying to expand the circumstances in which he can send in federal troops without the state government's consent or somehow shoehorn this situation into the pre-existing uh, circumstances under which he doesn't need the state government's consent. Um, either is kind of bonkers because nothing of the scale that we're seeing right now to me says that a state national guard or local law enforcement is incapable of maintaining order to the degree that it needs to be maintained. I agree. I, I agree with that assessment and I was looking at it earlier today, so I read through the um, Insurrection Act. Just like, I skimmed it, and you know, of course, not being a lawyer, the the way it impressed on me was that it is written in a way to always curtail presidential powers in this in this uh, sense. It was always you know, and the slim uh, means where he can deploy them without the state's consent has to go through Congress. And there, yeah, so that, that's my understanding as well. Yeah, and so I don't. I don't think I, I. I think you're giving him too much credit, Adam. In that he's going to try to shoehorn this into this this type of precedent. He just fucking says it. Like he just says it. Right. He he's just gonna say like, hey, I'm gonna deploy the troops here. I, and I guess he's, somebody going. I guess yeah, he's you uh, just can't do that. I guess he's been trying to mobilize 600 to 800 guard members uh, from other states to come to DC. <laughs> According to the Huffington Post article, yeah, but that that's 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 problematic, and it's well, who's he going to get them from? Like the the governors have to uh, comply with that, and he's been a dick to all the surrounding governors. So the, the closest the closest compliant governor to D.C. that will go along with whatever Trump says, honestly, is probably West Virginia. Right, and that's true. Definitely. I have I have not heard hide nor hair of a rumor of the West Virginia National Guard being federalized to go to D.C. Um, I imagine there would be hue and cry if that was the case. Yeah, I don't know. It oh. says, uh, so, like, f- hold on, I click that. It says from five states, but that's on Twitter, and I don't have a list of the five states that that was requested from. I'm guessing he probably requested them from Republican-controlled states. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, because I mean, let me let me tell you, if he if he tried to call up the Virginia National Guard, Ralph Northam would tell him to fuck right off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, of all the people who was the not racist person in all of this, <laughs> yeah, I I've often said that that I love the civility of I've often said I love the civility of you know 
uh, governors when they deal with the president, senators when they deal with other senators on the floor, you know, the whole, like, uh, you know, I now give my time to the gentleman from, you know, Virginia, and all that, that whole kind of, you know, Baroque, you know, Southern wording, however you want, you know, gentlemanly talk. Um, I've often thought that we need to, uh, you know, we can still be polite, but you can drop, drop a little bit of fuck right the fuck off, Mr. President, you know, you know, just, you know, make sure you call him, you know, Mr. President and just tell him to, you know, uh, kiss uh, the whitest part of my ass. Something like that. You know, whatever. Why not? Yeah, I, I, we need to do more of that. Um, all right. I have one more thing that's going to be funnier than fuck. It, I, it's kind of sad, but it's funny. Uh, I want to play you guys a clip of uh, an OAN reporter in the White House so we can laugh at her, and then I'll let you guys go. And, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa. OAN doesn't have reporters. Don't Don't call them that. They are in the White House press bowl. So let's take a quick break. I'm gonna get. Uh, I'm gonna pour myself another beer so uh, I can play this for you guys, and then uh, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about uh, if there's anything uh, anything other fun stuff you guys are doing to get through the pandemic that I don't know about, and then uh, and then hopefully we'll uh, wrap this up without there being a uh, martial law. It might be too late by now. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll be back in a second. Megatron must be stopped. No matter the cost. You got the touch. You got the power. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, we're back from our little break. Um, talked a lot about some bourbon but you guys heard some transformer sounds um we should just actually do an episode where we sit and talk we've done that actually i think there was one where shay and i just sat and talked about draft beer for like 40 minutes and and we're like oh fuck we should actually like talk about some um well we could do a total like bourbon episode that'd be fun get a little tasting going oh we'll have to arrange that uh, there's actually uh the beer trap here in uh lexington they normally do like the whole beer classes like you sample beers and tell you about different styles and all that. They're, they've been doing those on like Zoom or some shit recently. Uh, um, I, I, I think you know, the woods. Cat- I guess they release beforehand like what they're gonna taste. So you can go get oh, them yeah? and then, like, I guess you get on Zoom and you do that whole rigmarole. I, I've got an idea for how to do this. Ask me about that after the show's done. Yeah, I'm down. I, I was. I personally was thinking that the Woodscast, as a podcast, would invest in several bottles of very good bourbon. Then I would mail you all about five or six shots of the bourbon. We would try it together, discuss it, and get blasted. That's pretty close to what I was going to suggest. Yeah, yeah. I, right, I don't so, have any complaints right. with that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, 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 we'll uh, workshop that idea. Um, okay. So the other thing I wanted to talk about that actually made me look at my TV. Because I happen to have the TV on and unmuted. Usually I have the news on. Like when I'm working in my office trying to unfuck my thesis, I um, am uh, I have the TV on, I have the news on, I just have it muted, and I'm listening to like either a podcast or music in my head. And I'll glance over. I happen to have the, the TV unmuted, and I heard this little snippet of where the Obamagate conspiracy is going. And I was just beside myself. So, to just a little bit of recap, Obamagate is Trump, the Trump administration, basically Trump and all of his, um, all the MAGA chuds idea that Obama, the Obama administration illegally spied on the incoming Trump administration during the transition and after, and 
I'm sure they're going to throw in some pedophilia there if they're given enough time, but right now it's just about illegal spying. Um, one of the reasons this was a thing is because General Flynn pleaded guilty to perjury twice for lying about uh, discussing um, uh, oh shit uh, discussing sanctions with a um, Russian um, ambassador Kislyak, I believe. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Um, he discussed that he was, uh, and those phone calls were picked up during the Mueller report. Um, the Trump administration has made a big brouhaha about how the Obama administration just unmasked so many thousand people, and it was such a violation of everybody's, you know, rights and privacy. And abuse of power is basically what it all boils down to. The Obama administration abuses power. Um, this leapfrogs over the idea that the Trump administration has unmasked way more people than the Obama administration has. Um, Flynn was never unmasked. His name was always known. And very recently, the transcripts of those uh, conversations between Flynn and Kislyak were made, were unclassified, and he did that shit. Uh, he totally talked to that guy and was like, hey, listen, don't do this. Don't do any re uh, repercussions now because when we're in office, we don't have to, we don't have to undo all that stuff. We don't have to, like, walk back a bunch of bullshit. So just, like, just chill while, uh, you know... Um, while Obama's still in office. Um, da, 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 da. Okay, so we have um, then the DOJ. Um, if I'm if I'm if I'm if I'm saying something that's wrong or I'm missing something, let me know, guys. So the DOJ has announced it was going to drop the charges against Flynn, which all of the QAnon people cheered for. They thought that was great. Um, now uh, all the MAGA chuds are calling for um, Barack Obama and Joe Biden to be indicted for the quote unquote Obama Gate. Um, this seems to be gearing up as the thing that the Trump administration wants to pin on Biden for the 2020 election, which is kind of curious and dumb, but whatever. Um, then uh, Attorney General Barr announced that there would be, um, this is, there's quote, um, likely be no ind indictments of Obama and Biden. Uh, to quote Barr, based on the information I have today, I don't expect uh, Mr. Durham's work will lead to a criminal investigation of either man. Uh, and then he also said, not every abuse of power, no matter how outrageous, is necessarily a federal crime. Now, my translation of that is, we've got nothing uh, on them, so I'm going to elect not to indict them. That sound about right? He's trying to say that like the corruption that he has been a part of um, is not <laughs> a federal crime. All right, okay, so that's, that's where we go. <laughs> now... After this happened, I was watching the news, and I watched Owen, an ONN reporter, uh, I believe her name is Chanel Rio. Um, she is a favorite of the uh, uh, Trump administration. Uh, Donald Trump calls on her all the time because they ask the most stupidest softball questions ever. Uh, questions ever. It, it's The questions lead off like, uh, uh, President Trump, now that you're enjoying your highest approval ever, and you are the most awesome president ever, what do you think about everybody who thinks you're not awesome because they're dumb? Like, that's the kind of question she asks. It's really bad. And I, I would like to say that's hyperbole, but then she asked this question, and i got to share my screen, and you guys will be able to, because uh, we'll be able to see the words uh, as she says them, because the, the, I love to use this, this, uh, this webpage, the, the, uh, the rev.com because they will play you in real time and show you the words. So can everybody see my screen? Are we okay? Yeah. Are we good? Okay. Here is this. 
detail here about promoting hygiene practices, and there are five bullet so points is, uh, and cloth McKaylee face McK coverings. Um, if social distancing is not possible, it's recommended. Um, intensifying cleanings, promoting social distance, we lay them out meticulously. Um, so I am thankful that we have a president that celebrates the First Amendment. The same amendment that gives you all oh, the ability to ask right me here. questions is there to have the freedom of worship so imams and pastors um, can go to their churches, can go to their places of worship and can celebrate what is a First Amendment right in this country, which is to pray to your God and to practice your faith. And we Chanel. celebrate that too. I just want to follow up by saying we celebrate that too. And so we should be thankful that there are guidelines to allow us to uh, re-engage in that behavior. We're not asking you if, if the president or people... That's not the right clip. I'm sorry, guys. That was some other dumb stuff. Well, like, I clicked on the clip. Um, I'd like to switch gears Here asking go. about President Obama. Um, we had a... Um, does the president would we had an interesting article from Joel Pollack this morning, and I would like to ask you if the president has considered pardoning President Obama for illegally wiretapping on Trump towers, illegally spying on U.S. citizens, and other potential potential crimes out there. Has he considered that? So I have not spoken to the president about that, um, but who I did Sounds speak to about President, president Obama and then asking Michael Flynn were the men and women in this room. Um, I haven't spoken to him on that specific point, have spoken to him about the matter generally. And I laid out a series of questions that any good journalist would want to answer about why people were unmasked um, and, and all sorts of questions. And I just wanted to follow up with you guys on that. Did anyone take it upon themselves to pose any questions about Michael Flynn and un unmasking the President Obama's spokesperson? Oh, not a single journalist has posed that question. Okay. So there you go. OEN just asked, uh, is Donald Trump going to pardon President Obama for his crimes against Donald Trump that the Department of Justice says didn't happen and is not going to indict him for? That. I will. I will say since this is not a visual medium, um, was she asking that question from like three rooms away? <laughs> she is like the OEN reporter is usually, uh, and, and it looked like it was reason... maybe through two hallways and into yeah. like some holding room. So the White House press room is not that big, but she is always in the like if you're standing at the podium, she's at the back left seat like always. And when she stands up, there's like that weird there's like some well, weird thing in if front. If they of could her. just move her like you know, maybe another 2000 miles away, that'd be great. Just saying. That that would be great. It's like <laughs> I just can't imagine I mean, that we are now talking about whether or not Donald Trump is going to pardon President Obama. It's, oh God, it's so great. It's so great. So uh, I, I'm a little confused about this 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 whole dialogue, uh, as I was under the impression that nothing the president does is a crime, uh, so says the Trump administration. Except the tan suit. Except yes. the pan, what, yeah, the tan suit, the greatest presidential scandal in American history. <laughs> It, re right. it really and, tore this country apart. And, and I, if I'm not mistaken, we discussed this, uh, which we discussed this I on the last podcast. I thought that was Obamagate. Yeah, we had discussed this on the last podcast with that you were on, Adam, and, and that is that uh, um, uh, Attorney General Barr's idea of the imperial president, you know, um, that if, you know, basically, you know, as long as the president does it, he has unilateral right to do anything as long as it... Uh, um, 
pertains to national security. Now, of course, they're going to make this a national security issue because it was like, you know, with, with Russia and, and, and spying. But yeah, Barr's idea is that as long as the president doesn't, it's not illegal. And the Trump administration is arguing that, well, he's, he's simultaneously arguing that um, the president is above the law in court to protect his taxes from a, um, a subpoena. Um, he's trying to stop a subpoena to uh, the accounting firm giving his records from Deutsche Bank, I believe. You know, there's, there's a chain of events there, but like he's trying to, he's using the, the idea that the president is above the law to stop anybody from getting his tax records from the banks and financial institutions he's used, but at the same time saying that anything Barack Obama did is illegal. Like, that's basically what's happening. So, I think I, I understand the overarching flow of the Trump administration, the, the Trump doctrine, if you will, uh, on, on presidential immunity, uh, and that is that anything, any action of the president undertaken while white cannot be a crime. Bingo. Ooh. I think you nailed it. I, <laughs> I think you nailed it. Right on the nose. Well, I, I just to follow that up, um, I have to tell a lot of people, and I feel that I spend because the you know the cliche is is that when a liberal is losing an argument, they were going to call you racist, which is a cliche because you know if I'm telling if we're arguing about taxes, I don't know how calling Donald Trump a racist helps my argument about tax you know brackets or anything, but. The question of whether or not Donald Trump is racist to me was answered when he started his campaign in 2012 that, of course, never went anywhere. He just he just put it out there so he could get better ratings on The Apprentice. He acted like he was going to drop The Apprentice um, to run for office, but, of course, he wouldn't do that. Um, so, side note, um, uh, Lawrence O'Donnell, who has a huge bone to pick with uh, Donald Trump, has always said that, um, Donald Trump doesn't have anywhere near the amount of money he has because he always negotiates for a higher price for The Apprentice. He's like, if you're worth $10 billion, you don't give a shit about the $250,000 you're getting a year to do The Apprentice. So, which I always thought was a funny funny point. But um, back then, when he like was flirting with this, he went full, full throttle birther and um, accusing the first African-American president of the United States of not being legitimate because he's not a citizen because he was born in another country based on your fucking conspiracy theory that you can't find his real birth certificate is nothing but racist. Period. And I spend way too much of my time trying to convince people that, like, yeah, Donald Trump might not drop a, you know the hard, the, the N-word in tweets, but he is just racist. Yep. <laughs> yeah, nobody's arguing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's just... there's not much to say other like it's it's been so. I mean, we're at this point a good. If you count the last you know presidential election cycle, we're at least four years, pretty much five years into no shit. Yeah, I, I think uh, what was it a tweet the the tweets he's put out in the last couple of days there was. Um, he called the protesters in, um, I, I fuck this up in Minneapolis. Um, is that right? That's right, right? Minneapolis yeah, is where. That's where it was. Okay, I, I, I get that wrong all the time. Um, Rachel corrects me. Um, he called them all thugs, but then of course you go back a week or so, and he called all the people who marched uh, to the capital of of 
Michigan with uh, firearms, you know, good people, citizens. You know. Right. It's the whole. There's, there's, there's good. There's They're just angry, and people need to listen to them. Right. Right. Oh well. Well, we're not going to fix that racism today, but I uh, appreciate you guys coming on the podcast and help me out. Anytime. You guys, you guys did me a solid. I had, I had all this outline here that I was itching to, to uh, bloviate about. It's okay, Justin. Call, to... call in the B team whenever you want. <laughs> uh, I still. Well, I still haven't. Gotten... I, I don't think Shay's the A team. If you listen to his delivery, either. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, I still have not got that uh, that outline that I've been hearing about. Oh well, that's the thing is, everybody's like, "Oh, I never get an outline," and when I get it, nobody fucking reads it anyway. So right, I didn't yeah. know what I was stepping into. I was like, "Well, man, there's a lot of shit going on right now. I don't know." Trust me, I I never want to get anybody. I I don't want to get out over my skis myself, so I don't want to get anybody out over their skis either. But, uh, yeah, as far as Shay being the A-game, uh, we listened to Adam clean up his kitchen while we started the podcast. And it, it, nothing can compare to when Shay had a cooler full of beer. And I've said this a number of times. It was just fucking like an aluminum chair and a wood chipper every time he fished one out. It was amazing. Yeah, I didn't. I, I think the last one I was on, I had my own cooler over here. But I, I was not that prepared this time. So maybe next yeah. time. Well, that was back when none of us were like paying attention to like muting our mics or anything, so it's fine. It's fine. It, the production value that goes into this is, uh, it's real. Not, yeah, it's real. It's real. Um, all right. Well, again, guys, thanks for coming on. Thanks for uh, coming on, uh, John and uh, Adam. Yep. Always fun to have you. Good to talk to you. Like uh, I tell people a lot, they, they're like, "Why do you do a podcast?" It's like, well, for the most part, I get to talk to my brother uh, at least once or twice a week, or like once every week or so, and I get to have on uh, all my buddies that I don't get to talk to a lot. Well, that's fun. Sure. It's no no downside to that. And um, like I said, uh, we enjoy doing this shit. We hope you guys who are listening to it enjoy listening to it. We enjoy the shit out of doing it. Um, you can hit us up. You should be able to find this podcast uh, anywhere you find your podcast, SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, and YouTube. Um, full disclosure, I haven't checked iTunes for a while. I think they switched some shit around. So that might not be there, but I'll check. You need to check out Spotify. God damn it. We'll give Joe Rogan a run for his money. Well, I mean. <laughs> I mean, I can have dipshits on this podcast and not, not challenge them in intellectually at all. Like, if Dave Rubin wants to come on here and I'll be like, yeah, that's a great, that's a great idea. That, that's maybe, such a high level Maybe you idea, should send Dave. them an email first. <laughs> maybe they'll, you know, even if it's a, a tenth of what they're they've given him i think you'd make you know just fine i feel like if you send an email to every high profile democratic political figure in the country at least one of them has an incompetent staffer that won't check whether this is a like that won't check what your circulation is before agreeing to come on oh yeah yeah there'll probably be at least a local candidate somewhere that'll like they'll be hey why don't you go on this weird ass podcast and well, one of the things we haven't talked about, and I, ha- I haven't really known how to frame it, is that there's a woman who, she won the primary in what was it, Wisconsin? That she's a she's a QAnon, like she's she's full bore oh, QAnon. Oh, 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 that would be the the Republican nominee for U.S. Senate in Oregon. Oregon, thank you, thank you. And she like had she like went once she won, she has done a 180 and tried to like scrub her whole like background, and I feel like. Any candidate that would come on this podcast would have to do a similar thing. (laughs) 
I, yeah. yeah. Come on, you're you're not quite liberal QAnon. No, 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 not quite. We're we're trying. God, we're trying. We're trying. <laughs> There's fewer uh, people that are dialing into this. Yeah, and, and I'm not trying to rook anybody for anything. Like, if this was liberal QAnon, I'd be selling you uh, essential oils and some like uh, fucking bleach to drink. Well, but, that um, that raises an interesting question, Justin. Why aren't you selling some quackery to make a buck? I'll have to look into it. I have. Um, <laughs> Should do some uh, liberal because, beard oil. Yeah, well, now honestly, like it's funny you guys bring this up. I was I was joking with with uh, my wife that you know because of the COVID nineteen bullshit, you know, hand sanitizer and thing and things like disinfectants have been hard to find for for weeks. So I just went on the WHO website and used their recipe, you know, their their approved recipe to make hand sanitizer. All you really need is um, uh, it's uh, shit. It's uh, glycerin. Um, hydrogen peroxide and just pure alcohol. Now you can get pure alcohol from a liquor store. It's called Evergreen Everclear. And so I've been making our own, you know, disinfecting solutions and hand sanitizer for, you know, several weeks now. That stuff, I would have to look it up. Well, it's okay. First of all, it's going to be a lot less toxic than bleach. So I could sell that stuff as some kind of essential oil to anybody I wanted to. And it would be a lot less toxic than the bleach, um, Miracle mineral solution that QAnon's selling. I can even flavor that shit, but whatever. We'll get there. We'll get and then, there. Then that still, would be I'm pretty dangerous. On, yeah, I'm still wait, I'm still waiting on uh, Adam's ad copy that I'll read next time. Can't wait to hear it. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for coming on. You got um, everybody can hit us up on Twitter. It's at Woodscast1776. Uh, same thing for Facebook, and you can shoot us an email at Woodscast1776 at gmail.com. So, John. Good talk to you, as always. Toodles. In, in the bluegrass. <laughs> and Adam, I'm waiting, on, I'm waiting on on those ad bucks. You will soon be in the pocket of big Adam Strider. Oh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> I like that entire sentence. Uh, it's it. All right, everybody. Remember what Captain Hydra says. Seize the means of production.